0: It can travel anywhere in time and space. Right.
1: This is going to be fun.
0: Off we go. Into time and space! Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And
1: I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, while this is the second episode of January, we will of course talk about Our January book.
0: Yes! I think it came in like the day after we
1: we recorded
0: last time.
1: But yes, Doctor 13th, the last, I suppose, in our Doctor Mr. Man series. Yep. So.
0: Unless we have other Christmas episodes.
1: Or a New Year's. Or a
0: New Year's episode, yes.
1: So what did you think of Doctor 13th? (laughs)
0: was exactly what the show has been. Exactly. It was it was all about Yaz's birthday, which was really exciting, and then Yaz wasn't in it at all.
1: Nope. <laughs> I think she had two lines in the episode that was about her.
0: Yep. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's typical. <laughs>
1: 13 got to encounter different classic who monsters.
0: Yes, cuz she's going off and searching for things for yeah, it's his birthday party, like, balloons and a cake, and,
1: and... it was sort of almost like going through New Who, because it was sort of like, for the balloons, went to the Blitz to get the balloon things, I forget what they're called, um, that disrupted the uh, Luftwaffe. Like, that was from Nine's uh, Captain Jack episode. Yep. I guess that was a two-parter, I suppose. Um, and then uh, the cake... Was from the Centaurians, Centaurians yeah. The Centaurians. And then there was something I else I thought was a Tenth Doctor reference. And anyway, but it was sort of interesting as she popped about. And then um, you had the Graham and Ryan in it, so you had the whole Tardis team,
0: except for Yaz. Yeah.
1: <laughs> except for the beginning, at the end.
0: Yes, yeah. She sort of bookended the whole thing. Yeah. Bless her heart.
1: Yeah. Hopefully the next season's just all about her.
0: (laughs) yes. Yes, it's called Dr. Yaz. (laughs) Yaz who? Yaz who. (laughs) Yep. What else have we done that's Dr. Who related?
1: Well, we listened to a big finish uh, recently. It was on the freebie catalog, so that was why I got it. But also it was the fifth Doctor, who I'm generally a fan of. And so this was Cuddlesome. The, a mm-hmm. big finish story. Um, which I guess is technically not a Christmas special, but it was sort of Christmassy in that it was about a attacking toy. Okay.
0: All you know, right. I and, didn't I didn't read Christmassy into it at all. But, well they're
1: all yeah. looking for the big toy or the or the new toy.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Yeah, you know, right. you know, this Damn. was this Cuddlesome? Was, exactly. Cuddlesome. And so this was released um, around two thousand eight. So this is, you know, an older one. Um, and in, it was in CD form way back then. But anyway, it was the Fifth Doctor basically investigating the attack of the deadly Furbies. Yep. Who then turned into attack of the Bart Simpsons. Furbies. Yes.
0: The Bart Simpson, Fur, Simpson
1: Furbies. Furbies. Yeah, it was generally, you know, I you got what you paid for. No, I'm kidding. You no, know, it, was, it wasn't it was bad. You know, I would have paid a little bit more, for the, you know, as far as quality. Um, but now with the Fifth Doctor, though, who I generally like, and I, and I thought he was very Fifth doctor-y in this. I thought, you know, Davidson sounded like his younger self there were no companions um or at least the ones that generally are the fifth doctor companions you sort of picked up a companion in this story a cougar companion (laughs) yes um behave but anyway (laughs) but i guess i always do like a little tip of a hat that you at least mention where all the other companions are because the fifth doctor generally was never alone so it just sort of been like i don't know you know where that would have been in the timeline i mean it was it was it pre-Perry or was, you know, did she, was she off shopping for aerobic <laughs> wear? It. Yes, yeah.
0: or bikinis. Or
1: yeah. What do you, you think of the story?
0: Yeah, I found it a little confusing. Mm-hmm. I did think it was quite interesting that it sort of starts, the doctor makes his appearance by um, breaking the woman's greenhouse. And we listened to another one that was kind of similar to that, didn't we? Where he lands and breaks somebody's house, I'm, like ages ago. I think
1: it was the first one we ever listened yeah, to. Yeah, maybe where it was all the doctors, and maybe where we well, been the fifth doctor because I was trying to remember because it was uh, it was the first one we bought, and um, I can't remember. So I'm sure it's over there. If I went over there and looked, but anyway, I think it was something like that. Someone like it fell on the roof or something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's an interesting trope they're building. Yeah, it's like the
1: eleventh <laughs> doctor in the shed. Amy said, "Oh yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So. Um,
0: but yeah, I found this one hard to follow for mm-hmm. some reason, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. I mean, it, annoying in that all the Cuddlesomes, the Bart Simpson ones, were annoying. But yes. um, but other than that, I thought it was an, an interesting and
0: kind one. of random. Like I didn't understand why all the of choice. a sudden the Cuddlesomes had become Bart Simpson furbies.
1: Yeah, I I don't know.
0: It was never really justified." And- but.
1: Anyway. Worth yeah. a listen. Worth yeah. a listen. Yeah, and it's interesting <clears throat> also when these things come out, how they can sort of uh, uh, predict future storylines, because this is almost like the Snowman storyline, the 11th Doctor Christmas special with the Great, great Intelligence, and I forget the character's name, um, but Richard.
0: Yeah, Richard. The very famous Grant. Richard E. Grant. Yes. I know I'd get there
1: eventually. <laughs> but, you know, we thought we'd talk about this week, considering we're sort of coming off of our 13th Doctor series, and we just wanted to stay with her a little bit longer before going off into different angles, and maybe talk about how the 13th Doctor is, or isn't, like her previous incarnations.
0: She's not a man!
1: Okay, well there's one. <laughs> Put that on the board. Okay, on our invisible whiteboard here. <laughs> yes. So pro like the other doctors kind of like the other one you're putting not a man two x chromosomes
0: yes yes <laughs> missing <laughs> missing a
1: y if you will so yeah <clears throat> so we'll see how many doctors we get through we're probably not going to try to get through all of them cuz that would be a really long show and we try to keep things brief so let's start at the beginning which is a very good place to start mm-hmm. with the first doctor so and you know I I know We've seen different amounts of these different doctors, but mm-hmm. you've seen... You've got a taste, at least, of all of them. Yep. So, as much as you know from the first doctor and you've seen enough. What do you think of how 13 is like one or isn't?
0: Um, well, I think one of the ways that she's like one, and I think that this comes in probably a little later in his tenure, um, but he's always very tender with Susan. Right. And I think that... She's like that with her companions.
1: Mm-hmm. Treats all the companions like her granddaughter. Yes. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Anyways, she
0: does call him fam. <laughs>
1: that's true. That's true. I mean, I, you know, certainly it seems like it's very easy to distinguish them. You know, the first doctor can generally be the, the crabby old man, even though he's the youngest of all the doctors. And he's in black and white, which is different, I think.
0: Yes, She's good point. Thirteen's very colorful. She does appear to be in color. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think that that was a stylistic choice? Well, you know,
1: I, I think they, you know, they decided not to go to too classic, who as a callback. So
0: <laughs> they do both meet Daleks. That's
1: true. This
0: is our the first Doctor gets the first Dalek experience. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: but yeah, I think I don't know. What you're trying to, you know. One, which always is always weird to call him that, it's the first doctor. Um, but we call her thirteen, right? But one, I, I think, does often have, even though when he's not being old man, because like many doctors, but him especially, he's either old manny or childlike. You know, sort of playing with his things. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, you know, yeah. all sort of. You know, even though he swings back and forth, I think that that, that joy and wonder. And adventuring. I mean, he the first Doctor sort of does have the TARDIS on randomizer, even though he will not uh, admit that. So, but he's always up for investigating and looking, which I think that's always, of course, the Doctor. But that's when you are one, you'd have to establish these things.
0: Yes, yep, absolutely. Well, and of course, the possibly the biggest comparison is that the first Doctor was the first Doctor, right. and so he set a lot of standards. And thirteen is. The first woman doctor. And mm-hmm. she's going to set standards that any any doctor, obviously, but particularly any female doctor in the future is, go- is going to have to live up against.
1: Mm-hmm. Comfortable wardrobe.
0: <laughs> Comfortable running shoes. That's right. Pockets, yo, <laughs> pockets. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think also maybe with the companion collection, I would, and, mm-hmm. and not to skip ahead, but I was listening to Verity podcasts, as I'm wont to do, and they were talking about how New Who doctors seemed to be more about, you know, I've selected you, you're the best, or you're this kind of, you know, companion, and you're above everyone else, and you're special, whereas the first doctor just sort of, people would wander in there, or he would just pick them up, and... And that's it. And so 13, you know, I think she had, she didn't select her companions yeah, per se. Yeah, I mean, we
0: don't have the impossible girl and the girl who waited and uh-huh. all of those sorts of bad wolf.
1: Yeah. And so I think, you know, with with her <coughs> companion collection, sort of like the first Doctor... Just come and go. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have they haven't gone yet. Hopefully, with thirteen, and hopefully not for a little bit. But I suppose all yeah. change must come.
0: And a little bit, like uh, just to jump ahead a mm-hmm. little bit, like the tenth Doctor. You know, when he picks up Donna, mm-hmm. that's pretty random. There was no intent there. And
1: yeah, she disappears.
0: Yeah, and then of course ends up with Grandpa. So. <laughs>
1: So what what do you how does a uh, uh, Wilfred compare to Graham? Oh. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Wilfred. Yeah. Wilfred. Oh, the same sense of delight. <laughs>
1: they're
0: they're having, you know, I mean obviously Graham is grieving, but uh they both have sort of a, a real sense of delight. I feel like Wilfred
1: would doing. bring his own food.
0: Oh god, yes. <laughs> bring out his thermos. Absolutely. Yeah, built, bring out his thermos and his sandwich <laughs> wrapped in paper. Yes. <laughs> Yes, he would.
1: See, now we have to do a companion's compared to other companions. Oh, yeah. So. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, skipping, I guess, to two, the second doctor. How
0: no do I, recorder.
1: I did notice she does not seem to have a musical uh, instrument. I'm getting
0: good at this. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Also, uh, appears to be in color 13 and still. As I think about it,
0: ah, uh, yes, yes. Again, do you think it was a stylistic choice to separate <laughs> her from the second Doctor?
1: A little bit. People yeah. don't want to be too too comparative to it.
0: Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. What what have, what have your impressions of the second Doctor been so far?
0: He's the one who's always, and I think that we've talked about this, and I think that there have even been discussions about it. He's the sort of Charlie Chaplin esque, right? And I think that in that sense, this Doctor has some of that that sort of floppiness and you know what's happening and what's going on oh i know i've got this
1: yeah yeah and i also think and this is gonna be a weird thing to to, to concentrate on but their pants are similar but, the, but they're clownish pants in a way mm. and that allows them a little more freedom of movement mm-hmm. than some of the other doctors who are a little bit more formal um whether it's in a formal sense or in a affectation that I'm crazy but I'm dressed formal. But those kind of, you know, suspenders... And not that that's necessarily what the second doctor's wearing, but, but those... Because he's sort of wearing the first doctor's, but they're too big for him. Mm-hmm. So, but the sort of wearing those, those sort of move pants that allow movement do allow more... Uh, Pratt balls is the wrong word, but that sort of...
0: Physicality. Grander, yeah, Physicality. So I think yeah. she,
1: she, she might have a, a physicality similar to the second doctor.
0: Yes. Yeah, because uh Eleventh Doctor has boatloads of physicality mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot about it, uh, because I think it's all brilliant, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Again, because his clothes, you know, he was sort of into the 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 narrower trousers and you know, everything fits him better but uh so yeah, thirteen and two have that in common, this, this bumbliness. Um, that their clothes allow them space to move.
1: And I also feel like second doctor is sort of manic. Well, I guess they all are in anyway, a aren't they? But he's sort of manic in that he's also, he can be very smart and thinking about things, but they could also be like this and I don't know what's going on. And like, he's the only doctor who I think screams.
0: Okay. and can get away with it. Yeah. I don't think
1: any other doctor can sort of yell and scream and fright, and, and, but he can do it, I think, and the only one who does really doesn't. But I think, I always then think of 13, of course, with the crinkly nose, and they're like, what? Ah, what are you trying to say? Or, well, I do not think that's going to happen, you know? And so she sort of also has more broad reactions mm. than a few of the other doctors. I mean, you know, again, Eleven might be another example there, but she she is very broad in her reactions sometimes. Yes,
0: yeah. Subtlety is not her thing. No,
1: no, and that's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah. Or at least, you know, that's her.
0: So maybe it's this openness. Yeah,
1: and then again, I'm trying to think with the companions. Uh, I Still sort of, again, a welcomeness, because it's mostly what uh, you have Ben and Polly, and then you have Jamie, and then you have sort of the rotating Young ladies, Victoria, and... I can't remember all of them on the top of my head, sorry. The one who's not Victoria. There, right. yeah, I said it. Um, <laughs> now, now I want to see the 13th uh, Doctor episode where there's two of... You know, she has to face with an enemy who looks exactly like her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only
0: a different accent.
1: <laughs> now with the third Doctor... Not or,
0: stuck on Earth.
1: Well, she's been on Earth a lot of episodes. But
0: not stuck there.
1: Isn't she inside, maybe?
0: <laughs> Don't make this weird.
1: <laughs> um, nose. Both they have. both have noses. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, you're getting good at this, baby.
1: Well, no, 13 I always still always see as, as my weakest. And, and I am actually want to pitch to you the idea of actually watching third just straight on. Because um, it would be almost a first for me. Okay. With you as well. So yeah, because I feel like he's the doctor. I'm the weakest on. You know, he's a more actiony doctor. Of course, she is. she had her action moment in the first episode of um, jumping on the beams and.
0: Yep, yep. Um, we get sciency with him, particularly with in the um, lab. Yeah, unit. and is it Joe Grant who's yep. the who, assistant? <laughs> yeah, got her GCSE and. Yeah. Science or yeah. something? So, yeah, we get some sciencey, more sciencey minded stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly not in the detail that we get with 13, but the idea that. The doctor is a scientist.
1: Yeah, because I again maybe it's because he has the unit lab. Like if you had the third mm. doctor place, well, actually there's a third doctor place that. But anyway, if if they're also you know, the third doctor place that should be in the unit lab. And I think we saw with thirteen when you, she was like explaining the antimatter drive to. I don't think she was explaining it to yes. Maybe we're we'll explaining it to yes. Um well, know, that's that,
0: what Yaz is there for, isn't Exactly. She? So, yeah. <laughs> no, she's
1: there to have a story about her. <laughs>
0: yes. And also to be Dr. Splained,
1: Yes, And then go, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: that's how they call her, Yaz. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Because I, 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 I in, in some ways, I was, I'm thinking about broadly... Because the first and second doctors tend to have more of the fam aspect. They didn't necessarily have single uh, companions. They always had mm. two or three, you know. So the third doctors were really the first one where we kind of went single.
0: Well, you say that, but then he's good, doesn't he? Have, well, he has the unit crew. Yeah, uh, including, what's his name? Brigadier. The Brigadier. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, the unit crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sergeant Benton, Yates. Fenton, I can't sorry, I can't remember all of them. Um, but anyway, yes, Brigadier, yes, and the Brigadier, Brigadier, and, yes. But then he was he was more likely to be you know have the um can't remember all of his Joe and then Sarah Jane, of course. You blank another one, yeah, <laughs> Liz. Sorry, see, I tell you, he's my weakest. Um, but yeah, so hmm. yeah, but he 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 certainly seems to care about the uh, you know being on Earth. Uh, you know, cares about the human beings, and mm-hmm. 13 does as well. Yes. So even though th- 3 can be a little sexist at times, I'm just thinking when you first met Joe, and like, oh, yeah.
0: you. Well, Pertrude was a Navy guy or something, wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, there you go.
1: Had his Popeye tattoo or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, as we learn more about 3, maybe we'll learn more how 13 is like him as well. And then the fourth Doctor. This is obviously one we know a little bit more about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the fourth Doctor, obviously there's always a lot to say about him, but how is he like the 13th Doctor or vice versa?
0: Well, the little Are Doctor to say, no, scarf? Uh, no scarf? No <laughs> scarf!
1: Except for Resolutions, where she was wearing a scarf at the beginning. Uh, which, I, which I think is funny, because, you know, it's like in the promo pictures, and then even just a little bit of the episode, because to be honest, she didn't actually wear it that much at the special. Everyone just wore scarves for the scene where they went and visited all the New Year's Eve. Right, because um, New, New year's,
0: year's Eve. Year's Eve's?
1: Eve's. yeah. Plural.
0: News years? <laughs> New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve. Newsies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, because we've just had the Golden Globes yesterday, hey. and Christian Bale won an award, and apparently everybody's always surprised. When Christian Bale stands up to give an award get an award because he's British. Welsh. Yeah, he is Welsh. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's yeah, in no, the yeah. British. Yeah. Um and so everybody's like, Oh my God.
1: He's talking all weird.
0: <laughs> why why is he accepting his award in a fake British accent? <laughs> Blessed and being crazy because <laughs> yeah. that's cool. exactly. These are people who clearly did not start at the beginning of Christian Bale's career. Oh, what would be his Ooh. beginning? Ooh. I
1: remember watching these in like in China, some movie yeah.
0: Empire of the Sun, Empire of the Sun, yeah, with John it. Malkovich, but yeah, he's British in that,
1: yeah. So. I remember finding that not an exciting movie because someone forced me to watch it.
0: Oh, I quite liked it. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's a girl movie.
0: I don't Which is weird. I it is. It,
1: except all, all of the, you
0: know. Prisoners yeah. of War. And he's a little boy, so it's not like you watch it and go, ooh You know. And you never look at John Malkovich and go, ooh-er. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no. I don't think it's a chick flick. Well, by any and yet. Of the I, don't, I found
1: it. Maybe because it was a little more long and boring, I guess, anyway.
0: Yeah. Good. No, I liked it. I liked it enough that then I went back and read the book. Okay. Um, but, yes, he gets his... His breakout role in another completely underrated performance in Newsies, oh, okay. uh, but by then he's pulling a relatively wonky American accent. Yeah, um, he has not gotten his Dick Cheney voice down yet, or his Batman, or his Batman. And so, yes, uh, as much as I absolutely adore Newsies, possibly my favorite Disney film of all time. Uh, but his American accent slips some there. Also, he's not a singer, which makes it fun for him to be in a musical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. So,
0: anyway. Right.
1: Fourth Doctor. What, what do yes. you think of how um, 13 and 4? Well,
0: fourth. yes. Our encyclopedia here says something that I think is a huge thing they have in common. Hair? Sticking things in their pockets.
1: <laughs> That's true. That is true. I think... Uh, To a very little extent, I think maybe Eleven had some pocket things that are strange. But no, Fourth Doctor, I think, is the most likely to empty his pockets and have, like, 20 random things in there. Yeah. And I I think because Thirteen likes having pockets. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the pocket things.
1: Uh, Random people's uh, sunglasses. Yes. Or hats or whatever.
0: Scarves, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. I was going to say hat. You know, he has a hat and she doesn't. But then, of course, she gets her hat from Kerblam!
1: <laughs> it's a fez.
0: So, yeah. Yes. Which is a hat. I know <laughs> what it was. It is still a hat.
1: It's Zeph spelled backwards. Look it up. <laughs>
0: feels like a really drunk version <laughs> of our podcast, which is interesting. We would
1: call it Guillifray. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that.
1: Well, we can talk about it. We're being random. <laughs> yes. Well, we had advanced order. Well, we have um, uh, photographic maths. Is that the best way to describe yeah. it? Yeah. That, um, so we have one of New York. So, you know, the math is New York, and you put photos in where the, the words are. Um, and then Jessica ordered some other ones for, like, we went to London, of course, so we have a London one, Charleston, we went, so we have a Charleston one, and since we're going to Gallifrey one, she advanced ordered a Gallifrey one, but darling, what did they send us?
0: (laughs) One that says Gillifrey.
1: So, if anybody wants a -a Gillifrey, Matt.
0: (laughs) We will, we will ship it to you. That's right. Um, and in the meantime, the lovely people on Etsy who made it for me are making me another one. Yes. Yeah, because so. it, it was a perfectly reasonable expectation that I spelled it wrong. Yes. Um, but I didn't. I went back and looked. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It was maker error. So we're getting one that actually says Gallifrey. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to
1: post pictures and see if you like it, we'll let you know the website.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah. So, pockets, random things in pockets. Pockets,
0: pockets, pockets. Yes. Again, uh, you know, this you get the stripes. The stripes on her shirt a lot of times sure. remind me of the stripes on his scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, they are brighter, but not dissimilar.
1: I think, she, uh, and, and you'll see this with other doctors. But to me, and, and maybe people would argue it's maybe one, two, or three have this first. But to me, fourth establishes the doctor intention span, which is not much. Mm-hmm. You know, the people or are talking like this. Oh, well, maybe, maybe, oh, well, what, what, what? And and 13 can kind of space apart very quickly. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll tend to, oh, no, I did, oh, wait, well, are we giving stars now? Oh, I thought I was doing points. Oh, yeah. You know, you know? No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah.
0: I can see that. That sounds, especially when you said it, mm-hmm. because it came out of your... XX mouth, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I could totally hear the fourth Doctor saying something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that sort of wide-eyedness. Yeah.
1: She's there to have fun.
0: Yes. Yeah. And is going to be a bit of a space cadet, mm-hmm. literally and
1: figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, you know, with the first Doctor, he's sort of an accidental adventurer. Mm-hmm. you know the, and then the, I think the second doctor who I who I enjoy but I think like I said he he is I don't know cause is not the right word but I, he is the most that has a human reaction at times you know he can be afraid he can you know all these things which would be a normal reaction mm-hmm. but you know he's, he's still brave and does things but he the third is a little more cool, a little James Bondy cool, but you know, it's also very popular. But I think the fourth doctor is going towards the things, and yeah, what's this? And you no, know, let's open up that. And how are you doing? You know, and
0: pelting towards yes. things. And I think sometimes. that's the
1: 13th doctor as well. She's just going to go up to the bad guy, shake hands, introduce herself, and yeah. say, What's all this then?
0: throwing mm-hmm. themselves at danger mm-hmm. willy nilly mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and i think she's and again i think this is where you, you can maybe see some 11 aspects that'll come up but mm. you know most like we sort of just walk into the you know i'm thinking of uh, like the second episode with the desert game show guy and she's just sort of going up to him and hey hey oh no no, no hello don't ignore me i'm right here and what are we you know what's this all about and all these things
0: yeah so. no hashtag no filter that's right mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah,
1: she is, she is there, and you will figure it out. Trying to think companions. Let's see, most of Thirteen's companions are wearing are clothed all the way, so not like Leela. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then of course you got Sarah Jane, and then you. But of course, uh, the the Doctor started to bring back um the gang at the end there when he had, Adric, and uh, Nissa, and Tegan. Sorry to remember them all. Um, of course, that was, the Fifth Doctor would inherit all of them. But he started created the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, obviously the thirteenth is a little more involved with her gang.
0: Yes, and the fourth Doctors were not all human.
1: That's true. That's true. So They've all sort of had the professorial—I mean, the Doctor, if you will—to mm. um, their companions. I'm here going to teach you things, you know. And I think the thirteenth Doctor is also a teacher as well. Right, but I think she's a little more. Involved, you know, she's a small class size teacher.
0: Yes. Where's <laughs> the, or is the a other Montessori teacher. Yeah.
1: Whereas the other doctor's to be like they're teaching a lecture hall, even though there's mm-hmm. only one student there.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh that'll come back to haunt us with the seventh doctor, won't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Professor.
1: Yeah. There you go. How do you? Yeah. How do you think she relates to her companion? Because like, and as far as the teaching and the orienting, orienting them to alien worlds, because she is very in touch. Like, hey. We're about to go see about you know dangerous thing. You can stay here. You don't have to come.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she is protective, incredibly protective, in a way that some of the others aren't. Mm-hmm. Possibly as a result of you know Grace getting killed right. in the very first episode, and so she tends to be more nurturing mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of them aren't. Although I'd, I would argue in some ways, uh, particularly with Amy. Eleven was nurturing. Right. And possibly you could even argue that Nine was with Rose. hmm Yeah. Less so with Mickey Ricky.
1: Yes. And I'm trying to think of sort of the pacifism, which again I think is the wrong word, but we'll go with it, of the Doctor. I, again, since I'm weak on the third, I can't really talk about that. One and two, I don't know. I don't necessarily... Two, maybe a little bit I get that from. One, I mean, he'll... He, like, almost killed a caveman on the first episode, so I'm like, I don't, don't know he's necessarily a pacifist, it's just that like he's more of a, above things, that's more of his, what he's about. Mm. But the fourth Doctor, you know, he's the one he wasn't going to kill the Daleks, you know. That's
0: right. Maybe he should have.
1: But yeah, and so, you know, the 13th Doctor has sort of definitely been teaching the, again, I don't think pacifism is the right word, or she will, guns, that's a gun thing, it's the most gunly oriented Yeah. Or violence first. You know, she, she, yes. violence. You know, eighth is, is her yeah. mantra. Yeah, it's,
0: it's low down on her list. Or thirteen, of, possibly. Yeah, there you go. Good, good job.
1: Yep, I try. So yeah, yeah, just the enjoying the fun, the the going head on mm-hmm. or hair on, possibly, mm.
0: and the general camaraderie.
1: Yes, I wonder. It's always dangerous to predict, especially with the stupid scheduling of shows. But I don't, how long do you sense a thirteenth Doctor? As, you know, as we're talking about the Fourth Doctor, the longest to mm. travel to TARDIS.
0: I don't think Jodie Whittaker will do it much longer than three years.
1: No, that seems to be the standard these mm. days. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's got, more of a professional thing, you know. Yeah,
0: got other stuff she wants to do. Right. That said, I mean, when you've got series as short of, as these, there are lots of opportunities to do things.
1: I, I just, you know, don't know if the...
0: In the off-season. But you also, and I think this has been... Some of the doctor's choices, anyway, you don't want to get pigeonholed.
1: No, I think it's hard because even in the off season, you're still the doctor, you know, it's not like you're like, I'm gonna go to do well, and I think that's Madea the thing, isn't again, it? Again, or something um, you're like, Oh, no, you're I mean, the doctor, was an Antigone, yeah. but yeah. yeah,
0: she made a much better Antigone than a Medea, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know if she could pull Medea off, but yeah, and I don't know.
1: So, uh, Jody, if you're listening, Jessica is not casting you, um, but thank you. Oh,
0: no. Thank you for your time. I would like to play <laughs> Medea. I would make an excellent Medea. I am just mean enough to kill my own children to get back at my ex. Yeah. Might have done it before, but, you yeah, know, right, whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah, I'd have to go back and look. Tennant, obviously, well, Eccleston, but his time was so short. Whether or not, how much work outside of Doctor Who Tennant did during his tenure.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out when he did, um...
0: Blackpool. Thank
1: you. Because surely that was during Doctor Who. But I'd have to yeah, look it up. Because no. he seemed like he was actually... I, I, we, I know we did this before of how long everyone was in there, but Tendon always strikes me as being almost second or third longest uh, in the TARDIS. Mm. So. Well, Righto. right let's, well, let's go to our cuddlesome doctor.
0: Yes. Uh, no cricket bat!
1: That we know of.
0: That we've seen thus far.
1: Yeah. She doesn't seem to be sports volley.
0: No, she doesn't seem to be sports volley, which is so weird because all of the other doctors have been. They've been all about the sports volley.
1: Well, the 11th doctor oh, yeah. figured out soccer pretty quickly.
0: He's figured out what now?
1: <laughs> Football. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shameful. I, if Matt Smith were dead, he'd be rolling in his grave right now, mister. <laughs> Um, yes, he did seem to catch on very quickly to the game. I kind of already compared
1: it to, and then he also was a champion, um, what was that, like anti-gravity motorcyclist or whatever, in that one episode where he flew up the Spire building. But yeah, um, you know, I don't know any sportiness we've seen yet from the 13th Doctor. No, nope. Um, she's a welder. That's pretty much she, she likes to do.
0: She's a maniac, maniac.
1: But then again, I always... And again, it's not true because we've just talked about it for a while. But Fifth Doctor is who I always think of as the Crowded TARDIS Doctor. Um, you know, with having... The, which you just inherited the Fourth Doctor's companions. But still, with Adric, Nissan Tegan. That was always sort of the...
0: Yeah. So then he has to kill her off. Kill him <laughs> off, Adric.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Can you... Ah, oh, man. What if one of those companions have to
0: well i was thinking that um you know in terms of grace you know the, the fifth doctor is haunted by Adric's death and i mm-hmm. think that the doctor of uh, the 13th is very much haunted by grace's death mm-hmm. it certainly is a specter in the tardis without a doubt
1: yeah and it, it was and i'd have to watch it again but uh with nissa her father was the one who was killed and taken over by the master uh, and so he had to sort of have that technically the grieving companion Mm. that he was dealing with so you know just like Graham and Ryan Um, of course I mean a little more attention told to these stories nowadays but still um similar in that so I think that's why he seemed always to be to to me at least always to be closer to uh uh, Nyssa than than either Tegan or or Adric or Turlo or even (laughs) Perry so yeah
0: strong connection to David Tennant (laughs)
1: <laughs> and as as opposed to thirteen is what you're saying.
0: Well, no, no, because thirteen, of course, did broad Broadchurch with oh, David Tennant. Oh, that's true. That's true. And David Tennant married the the doctor's daughter. So, uh, yeah. which is
1: about the same as being in a
0: yeah um, in a film oh. with him. Yeah, I'm going with the same thing mm-hmm. practically.
1: Right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but and I think oftentimes I've heard people. Both detractors and positive people compare 13 to 5 the most. You know, there's more... I don't know. There's a better way to say it. But kindler gentler personality, you know. You know, the fifth doctor tends to be a little more calm. and Well, not always, but he seems more thoughtful and, mm. and all that. And, and nicer. and but, Even though he's not at times. but That's sort of his reputation, I think.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, so you know, because
1: I think... If you had to think of all the words that describe 13, there's more than this, obviously. But, like, nice is one of them. And I think if you look through all of the doctors that we've talked about, the fifth doctors mostly get the nice guy tag. Mm. Then I think one through four.
0: As the predominant quality. Right. Yeah.
1: But but and, and, and to maybe phrase it in a more positive way, the more open or approachable. Because mm. um, I think one, obviously, is not usually very approachable. Hermogeny. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe second to an extent. Although um, he's
0: a bit goofy. Yes. And that can often be off-putting.
1: And three's a little more the gentleman. Yep. You know, the part, you know, and that's, yep. Fourth is also crazy. Um, maybe open, but again, it's got to go two you and four.
0: Yeah, you have to get him to stop offering you jelly babies that's in right. order to... So
1: that's his way of shaking hands. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, five is just so, you know... Would be, seems the most like you, or the most like us? I should say, should say. Well, these other seem the most human. Yeah, the, yeah. Maybe that's what it comes down to—the most human of the doctors. Mm. Um, but the most likely to to feel what you feel and all that stuff. And but also to be to be there to be, you know, the brave heart, Tegan, all that stuff. You know, he he also pumps up his companions as well. Pump. Yeah. You up. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah.
1: So we've we've gone through a few there. So that may be enough.
0: Yeah, stick a pin in it, come back to it, leave it on a cliffhanger. Tune in next week. <laughs> do, do,
1: do, 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 Yes. So, well, first, let us go to the TARDIS library. When you close your eyes, I go to the library. Go to the library now. This time with a Big Finish production. We talked about the Diary of River Song Series 1 a few episodes ago. So, of course, now we're going to talk about...
0: The Diary of River Song Series 2.
1: Yes, this was released in December of 2016. And we listened to this during our uh, Christmas holidays a few weeks ago. And so it, it was interesting. So we'll sort of go through it as quick as can. So this was four stories uh, in this series, which I think was the same with the last as well. Mm -hmm. And so the first one was called The Unknown by Guy Adams. Briefly, a planetary anomaly, a scientific impossibility, a mystery to be solved. Of course, River Song expects to be consulted. She expects her valuable knowledge and experience will help the crew of the Saturninus unlock the strange phenomenon that has appeared in Earth's solar system. But what River doesn't expect is a stowaway an infuriating little man calling himself the Doctor.
0: (laughs) In a Scottish accent.
1: Mm. So what did you think of this first story starring Sylvester McCoy as the seventh Doctor?
0: This one I found, one in three in this I found a little confusing. So I wasn't able to picture this one I guess as well, because you've got the three people in the spaceship... The two women and the man, mm-hmm. and the man is downstairs doing
1: stuff. Yes, the Irish guy, or whatever it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. The engineer. Yeah,
0: the engineer, but I wasn't a hundred percent clear on why they were there. Like <laughs> they had come to examine this planet, but didn't realize they'd gotten really, really close to the planet, and it was screwing with their memories.
1: Yeah. What? So it was the so there's three intersections. There's the planet. There was the TARDIS, and there was the ship, which has these sort of time shields, because there's a temporal anomaly around the planet, so they have these special time shields, or whatever they call them. And so what happened was the shields kind of really didn't work or or reacted to all these three events hitting each other at the same time, and so everything sort of collapsed, and that's why you sort of had this loss of memory, because the Doctor doesn't really remember, and the river doesn't... But I guess what confused me, as you say, is it started too soon, like... I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with starting in the middle of the action, but when it's the first story on a series, I need a little, little, like, I was assigned to this ship and, now, you know, yeah. I need, like, what, why are you, why is River on this ship?
0: Yes. What, you know, yeah. Where I have is no she? idea why she was on the ship. Yeah.
1: I guess that was sort of my, like, you know, where at least, like, in the first one, she's on Earth. Um, and they come studying. and hit Yeah, and so there's a little more like, okay, she's, you know. There's
0: buildup. This this series also bit. seemed to do just such complete flip-flops. <clears throat> right. But we, we'll get into that yeah. further on. And
1: so I like, I, I actually enjoyed this episode because I liked, you know, I tend to like the, the Seventh Doctor. Mm. And the fact that not everyone's memory was working, you know, sort of allowed some gaps of, of. You know, well, what can I do, or what do you know, or why, why do I trust you? or You know, all these little things, and, and it seemed to work.
0: And he says something about being the doctor, and she's like, no, that doesn't feel... It doesn't feel wrong, but it doesn't feel right mm-hmm. that you should be the doctor. I don't know why I would know the doctor, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's supposed to be you. That I, I found that quite interesting. Yeah,
1: and so as far as an invention, you know, and so, so the engineers close to the shields, which is all the problem is, blah, 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 and then when they all fix it, sort of reset button in a way so no one really remembers. So that's, of course, the problem with the with the River Song Diaries is this, this, As you go back in time with all these classic doctors, you know there's, you can't know or or at least well she can know. The doctors can't know her because then it just screws up things even more than they already screwed up are and so this but this one worked okay you the seventh doctor but there's a memory thing the time fix thing and and then at the end there's a little thing with the seventh doctor going something about a song or whatever. hmm what was it? you know and i was like okay a little cute ending and that's yep. fine yeah so i like that one so I, I actually enjoyed this one so to the second one
0: yes which was 529 by john dorney River has made a terrible discovery. Billions of lives hang in the balance. But if she can save just a few, then it might just help her solve the conundrum of Earth's destruction. But how can she win when survival becomes a race against time itself? A race against 529.
1: And this is a continuation from the first episode where they land on the planet and they encounter this android, you know, for lack of a better word, and like
0: complete like the whole everything has been destroyed yes and I, I can't I didn't understand necessarily the connection between the first episode and the second episode like I'm not sure how they ended up where they were and when they were
1: I guess she talked to the android River river talked to the android and was like oh I should go back to where you came from or when you left right
0: but how do they find the how do they end up on earth to find the android
1: vortex manipulator okay because that's why she goes, oh, because okay. in the story, which is, this is actually, in my opinion, the best one of the bunch. Because yeah. it's, it's a very small, you know, play, um, audio play. Because there's only, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of characters, I guess. But it's basically River, the young girl, who's actually her daughter, real life.
0: Uh, Alex Kingston. Kingston.
1: Real life, Alex Kingston's daughter plays the android. Salome. And then the two. Salome.
0: Do they pronounce it Salome? I, I think, I can't remember.
1: And then the two. Older uh, parents of the android and then the gentleman. Yeah, so the boat f- guy. You know, so there are five yeah. people, basically, in this character play. And so, you know, River is looking, for, has met this android in the future, so she goes back to when she was last activated.
0: To try and get some more information. information. that's right. why I'm looking for you. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. and that bit I got, eventually. Mm-hmm. What I didn't understand was how she went from this spaceship where she was with... Because
1: the- the, they landed on the planet. Okay, okay. And the first episode. Because right. remember, it's the planet, the TARDIS, and the ship. Yep. So the ship and they land yep. on the planet. Yep. And they, they think it's what do they call it? I can't remember. They don't call it Earth. They call it something Elasis or
0: Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Uh, but okay. that
1: turns out, I guess, to be Earth. I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Alright. Anyway, but anyway, but anyway, the second episode is very it's very sad. It's a very sad episode, of course. It is.
0: It's really yeah. sad. Because and the the android is the daughter of the two parents. That's apparently a thing that you do. Yes. Um, In this if, undefined if you, time, of, yes, yes. If you can't have children, you can have an android. Which
1: they call it? a synthetic.
0: A synthetic, yes. Yeah. Uh, synthetic, and her parents live on this very remote island, and they discover that communications are going down around the world right. at five. Every time five twenty nine hits a time zone, mm-hmm. that time zone completely blacks out. And so, River is really. She at first tries to save them all. Right. Um, but is ultimately trying to feed as much information into this synthetic right. so that when she goes back later, she can figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. All of that's a little timey-wimey for yeah. me.
1: And so it's very, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I would ruin the ending here, but it's sort of, you know, scary because you know, this 529 time zone obviously is sort of a ticking clock across the world coming to where they are. And so they eventually get on a boat and are trying to outlast the time zone, you know, trying to go back to where it was, I guess, in hopes that it's just, you know, wrapping around or something. And, and, you know, the story kind of goes from there, but it, but it was, a, it's a very, you know, it's not a happy story, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad story. It's, it's very nicely done, very, you know, sweet, good characters and, and everyone does well. So, I mean, yeah, if you, don't, if, you, if, you, if you don't want to get depressed, don't listen to it. But yeah. if you're looking for a quality audio story, the, the second one is, is very good. Yep. Third one's a different story. Yes. Okay, for two point th- for, the, for the third one, we have World Enough and Time. When it comes to bringing down corrupt and exploitive regimes, there is no one quite like River. Until she arrives at Golden Futures and discovers that someone has already taken on her job. Someone with almost as much style and panache as herself. The Doctor is about to get the shock of his lives. Oh, boy. So, yeah, this one. And it's not just because it's the Sixth Doctor. I know what people are going to (laughs) say. Sixth Doctor, (laughs) Philip, you already hate it. But it just doesn't make sense at all. But anyway, why does it make sense? Okay, so this whole, the Sixth Doctor is there. He's like the... CEO of this company.
0: Except it's not the doctor, it's John Smith.
1: You know, his alias.
0: Right, but how much, like, I wasn't... That's,
1: that's the part.
0: ...clear about that's how right. much...
1: That's what? yes. ...he I, was aware. Because I thought, okay, you know, there's been some sort of event where he's confused, or his mind's been altered, which would make sense, but they never say that. And so the more you listen to it, you're more like, oh, this is just the doctor's plan that... He bought the shares and is the it. Manager- Except he doesn't
0: know how long he's done it. Yeah. And.
1: But they never explain. And he
0: doesn't seem to be investigating anything. No, he really. seems to be
1: reading emails and. Yeah. That never end. Yeah. Yeah. And they never explain how he got also caught.
0: I can't figure out how River ended up there or, like, why she ended up there. Because the second episode of this mm-hmm. doesn't give us any clues really right. about this company. Mm-hmm. And so how does she end up there knowing that this is part of the problem?
1: Right. And then maybe because they captured the doctor or the sixth doctor because I mean it's not spelling They're like using his probability to power the...
0: Yes. The whole Because the they're building thing, a planet that's
1: like a duplicate earth.
0: Yep. The whole purpose of The golden futures, I can't, I keep wanting to say golden showers, and I know that that's that's incorrect, is that they're creating this new Earth, but in order to create it, what they use to power everything is untapped potential. Right. And so they have managed to con all of these people into sleeping their lives away and using their untapped potential, because they're sleeping their lives away, but then, the as long as they are able to keep the Doctor there, it's this infinite right. amount of untapped potential. Uh, and so he is ultimately the one who is powering, unwittingly powering, this building of this fake planet, at which then they're going to destroy the real Earth and replace it with this... Elysium. Elysium or, Elysium what, or I something. I forget what
1: it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, and, it, and to me it's very confusing... Eventually, the story makes sense, or at least the plot of what they're trying to do, or at least what Ruber's mm-hmm. trying to do. Because there is some Doctor Who ness, or, you know, like there's the sleeping pod, and there may be a monster, and it's all very Doctor Who. And then you sort of have, you know, getting near the end without us uh, trying to figure out how to sort of solve the problem and defeat the bad guys. And that kind of makes sense. But I don't know. I guess uh, a problem is that I think Sylvester McCoy can sound like how he did when he did the seventh doctor colin baker sounds like how old he is right now yeah and so you know and it takes it takes me out a little bit and also because and this is just me and maybe i'm just not being headcanon creative i can accept that the seventh doctor doesn't have a companion at this moment just because because we never saw what happened between the seventh and the eighth Mm. But, but we know that when the seventh doctor was regenerated he was alone so, you know, he was companionless at some time, whereas with the Sixth Doctor, well, I know there was Mel, and I know there was Perry, and so why are, where are we meeting him in this time? Yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, I, I needed that little bit of where are we, and that's just me, maybe I need to get over it. But yeah, so it just it, it didn't work. Like you could have not had this be the sixth Doctor, and it still would have probably been the same story. I'm going to be honest.
0: And then we move on to the fourth two, four, because yes.
1: the, you know if three wasn't complicated enough, <laughs> yeah.
0: The Eye of the Storm by Matt Fitton. The Great Storm of 1703 approaches. The fate of planet Earth hangs in the balance. The only person who can save it is the Doctor or River Song. Or quite possibly another doctor. Or maybe this whole situation is their fault in the first place. Two doctors, one river, an infinite number of ways to destroy the world. It's going to be a bumpy ride.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so this one, which in my opinion is not as bad as the third one, but it's not as I, better. I <laughs> sort of enjoyed it, yeah.
0: but again, finding the continuity. Like, how did they end up in 1703?
1: No, I don't know. No. And
0: and the two people that they're trying to save or kill or whatever's about to happen. <laughs> yes. How do they know and what is the purpose of them I mean, like do they have babies and the babies are the ones who create the golden futures place mm-hmm. what what is it about those two people that is so important
1: right and i, I mean without spoiling it doesn't it won't make sense if i say this if you haven't read it or listened to it but i guess something that only like the girl when she was born in the house and they were there and uh, i don't know i don't know yeah and then what happens to them at the end is also Not sure I completely understood what happened to them at the end. Yeah, Um,
0: yeah. I'm going to say the word void. Yeah. Um, But then, we also don't find out. So, does this save everybody? I
1: don't know. This whole (laughs) storyline was kind of weird. It was
0: incredibly convoluted and not tied together very well. Because
1: there's like two Earths, but one Earth, but...
0: Two Earths. Earth, one Earth. And oh. one doctor wanted to save this couple, and the other doctor wanted to kill this couple, and both of those were going to be bad ideas, so they have to figure out something else. And there's some lovely moments, though, at the end mm-hmm. between River and both of the doctors. Right. I enjoyed that. Little flirties, little, who are you? I You know, um, you've given me an amnesia drug. It hasn't. Had enough time to take effect, or you put something in my tea, so I dumped it into a plant, um, and I kind of enjoyed those bits,
1: right? Because yeah. she's
0: trying to keep them, either one of them, from remembering right. her
1: again. That's that's always going to be the problem, yes, or the you know the challenge I should say, and which is fine. It's just an interesting challenge, you know. It's sort of like not to use a Star Trek analogy, but it's sort of like when Enterprise, the the series Enterprise, um, encounters all these things that they should not encounter, like the Ferengi or the Borg. But the challenge is you have to do it so that they don't know it, you know. And so, but they actually do it well, in my opinion. You can disagree. But anyway, but with this, how you can do that, but then you got to kind of make it have to make sense. And so I did enjoy, I don't know, to me, and again, maybe I just because my pre-deposit or my my opinion of the six dollar, I just think the River and six didn't work. Like, I thought six was too into tour without it making sense why. Yeah and but i thought 7th and river was very interesting yeah. that I, I was just, I, I thought, that yeah. was my almost favorite scene at the end was 7th and river and he he knows what's up he's
0: dumped the tea yeah. in the plant. <laughs> you're not drinking your tea no and i'm not going to kiss you either yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes that was yeah there were some nice moments mm-hmm. so there were some nice moments throughout yeah. there were there were Places where it was very enjoyable, and there were places where it was very confusing.
1: Yeah, so I would say, and I normally wouldn't say this, you could probably skip this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: As much as the...
0: Although I do have to say, River felt more like River uh-huh. in these than I thought she did in the first sections. Right. Um, it, you know, her sass shone through much more in these than they did in part one. Mm-hmm. But, you know...
1: Yeah. So. Well, and, well
0: And and I part of that may well have been because she was while she was doing these, she was also filming
1: Oh yeah the, with Matt Smith. No 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 I think this was during Capaldi. This oh, was what? I think it was uh Tale this was the Christmas special.
0: Oh the husbands of Riversong. Yes. Oh okay. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So, yeah. She was. She would go and film, and then come do radio stuff, or the other way around. Because they were
1: doing this during the holidays, and like, well, during Christmas, she's here because she's doing the Christmas. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I don't think that. it doesn't literally show up. They're not literally filming during Christmas. Yeah, though. that's I not right. But anyway, but there's anyway, something in the interviews out.
0: about how she's yeah. filming Doctor Who at the same time. Yeah. So that may have had something to do with
1: it. But cool.
0: Yeah, check them out or don't. <laughs> ambivalent about this one. Yes. But if you do check them out. And you have answers to our questions. Please let us know.
1: Yes. So, darling, shall we continue this discussion next week of the thirteen? And- I
0: don't think we can leave our listeners on tenterhooks for longer than a week, my love.
1: All right. So, next week we'll be talking about six through twelve and how they ish. Can- yeah.
0: Six through whatever, because don't forget we got to get to the war doctor yeah, as well. I, mean, I that, that's a good
1: thirty minutes on him alone, right?
0: Ways in which the 13th Doctor is like the War Doctor. Met the Daleks!
1: That's true. Sorry,
0: I'm prepping. Ignore that. Cut that out later, because I don't want spoilers. They both
1: have significant hair. Don't!
0: You don't want to spoil it! I know, I know. Hashtag spoilers,
1: sweetie. Well, until then, enjoy reading, listening, and watching the Doctor's adventures throughout Time and and space. Space. This is BBC Television.